Welcome to day 122 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in season three, the story of the prophets. We've been reading through Isaiah, which spans the entire, you know, the, the, the entire time of the prophets. He begins in warning Israel and uh, of impending judgment and calling them to repentance. Uh, he leads them through the judgment, and then, of course, in these last chapters of the final book of Isaiah, you see the hope you know that's extended to them, and that hope is built on. Uh, both a conquering king in the first 39 chapters and a suffering servant, you know, in chapters, you know, 40 through about, you know, 56. And so you see the two of those, you know, coming, you know, coming together. Uh, so the last chapters are chapters, you know, that uh, give us a beautiful picture of the future, but also ground us in the continuing unfaithfulness of Israel, the judgment of God, and, and a call for the righteous to indeed live righteously in light of the grace that God has given them. So we find ourselves in Isaiah 64. And as always, uh, we, uh, we we love our, our time in the Word because it, it's not just simply a grand historical narrative that we read or a sweeping epic or beautiful poetry. Uh, but in it, we uh, we hear the heart of God and in it, we, we meet God and are transformed by His Spirit to be His people. So we always, you know, come with a, a sense of, you know, as, as Isaiah will say, you know, as we close out the week, trembling at his word, excited about his presence and the prospects of what he might do through it. So, Matt, you mind uh, lifting us up uh, before we read? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we are um, indeed grateful for this time and, and anticipating what you will do through your word as we read by your spirit. Father, we thank you um, that you've given us everything we need for um, godliness in you and and Father, we ask it as we read um, that you would be with us, um, that we be, would behold wonderful things uh, in your word, and and it would shape us. Uh, Father, we thank you for the the time together, the the means by which we're able to do this as your body, and we ask you would build us up. Uh, thank you um, that the, the pages of Scripture overflow with your glory and, and your beauty and, and reminders of who you are, because we're such a forgetful people. Um, so for, remind us, um, remind our hearts of of who you are in this time. And, and Father, would you be glorified in us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down and make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things so that we did not expect, you came down and mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen God beside you. Who acts on behalf of those who wait for him, who comes to help those who gladly do right, who remember your ways? But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our, sw- our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Your sacred cities have become a wasteland. Even Zion is a wasteland, Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and glorious temple, where our ancestors praised you, has been burned with fire, and all that we treasured lies in ruins. After all this, Lord, will you hold yourself back? 
Will you keep silent and punish us beyond measure? It's an unfortunate place to end, but... <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, you know, this is uh, this is the people in their reality. Uh, he's finding them. Uh, we talk about the situation of, of, of the passage. You find yourself here in exile in Babylon, looking back and remembering, uh, you know, the last scene that you saw of the city with the temple uh, being burned and the walls being broken down. And, of course, there's all this talk of hope and restoration, but the current reality is that the, the city you love, the things that you treasured, the memories of your childhood have all shattered into ashes and dust. And, of course, that makes it even more profound when we go back to 61. And he said, I'll take away from you ashes and give you, you know, mm -hmm. joy. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the current situation is they are in exile they are being judged for their sins, and their, and their cities are in ruin. So all the promises of God look well out of reach, mm -hmm. you know, from where they find themselves as they read this message of hope. I can't help but love um, Isaiah's posture before the Lord as he recalls all this that has happened to Jerusalem and just Israel, God's people, um, that it's that he's led to confession instead of pointing the finger um, at God and, and um, he is, he's longing for God to restore. Um, but there's not a God, wh why are you doing this? What um, kind of a blame game, but it's more of like, I know exactly yeah. why you did this and it's because of your people. And I, of course we read this confession um, on Sunday mornings fairly often because it's just such a beautiful picture of, of coming before him um, knowing and confessing um, where you have gone wrong and um, and asking the Lord to not forget, um, not forget his people. And then just that verse eight, yet you, Lord, are our father. And it's said that in the, um, in the chapter before this, that he is our father and we're the clay, you're the potter, we're all the work of your hand. I mean, isn't that a picture of um, his imminence, like his, closeness with us yeah there's no doubt of course the very invitation of father is so deeply you know so deeply intimate but there's also the, the mixing of father and creator mm -hmm. uh, you're the one and uh, you know anyone who's ever done you know pottery realizes what an in, in, intimate process mm -hmm. that is you know between you know the the, the worker and the clay and uh, you know the formation you're the one who formed us and uh, you're the one who has a right to be angry for our sins, but don't be angry you know, forever, calling on his promises and, and calling on the way he revealed himself at Sinai. Uh, the Lord, your Lord, is gracious and compassionate, mm -hmm. slow to anger and abounding in love. Uh, his uh, anger will not endure forever. And, and so it's the promises, you know, that they're finding themselves in, you know, as, as, as a part of that. In the first part of 64, I mean, the first seven verses, pretty remarkable. You know, he's kind of meditating on who God is and, yeah, you know, Noah has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait. I mean, just this picture of this incredible transcendent God who dwells in the heavens, but he knows, man, you could rend the heavens and come down. And yet then you have that. And then he reflects on 
well, here's who we are, unclean, filthy rags. Yeah. And that question situated in the on, middle. On, is really our, on our good days, yeah. we were filthy rags, <laughs> yeah. our, our righteousness. If we, you know, if we took, uh, if we could just take, you know, here are our, you know, here's our, here's our 10 best works ever and then present them for the Lord. Even those 10 best works, yeah. you know, forgetting all of the uh, moments of, you know, open rebellion and things like that yeah. and throwing those aside, even those would fall so far short of what he's created us for and what he desires for us, you know, that they come, you know, they come as filthy, as filthy rags. Yeah. And you see the tendency, you know, the tendency is to look around and see the injustice of the nations around us or the injustices around us. You know, there's a moment that's caused them to look deeply, you know, as Katie's already pointed out within and realize, you know, that injustice abounds in my heart as well mm -hmm. it's not just you know the person that's far out there who's done exceedingly cruel things you know to widows and orphans but in my own heart yeah. and that leads to that question that's situated right in the middle how then can we be saved mm -hmm. yeah, i mean that's the question that's been yeah. uh, drives this part of the storyline of scripture is how will God and man be made right again? You know, I mean, and it, because it's not going to happen from us. I mean, we've seen that in the pages of Scripture that if we're like filthy rags and when it's unclean and we don't seek God, I mean, no one calls on your name. No one yeah. strives to lay hold of you. I love how Isaiah's like teeing it up for Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> like oh, we're a mess. Like, we're all, and then, uh, oh, that you would come, that oh, you would rend the heavens and come down. Oh, he did. That's what he did. You know, yeah. like Jesus is coming down. And he's the only way that we can be saved. And he'll restore well beyond everything as it talks about the end that, that we've lost, you know. Yeah, but you find yourself in exile. You find yourself in, in Babylon. And, and you, uh, you're asking how can all of these images, you know, these various images of God's judgment and of a immediate hope and a future hope and a, a restoration of all things, how can these possibly come together? And, and of course, the, the only way they can come together is on the cross. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is absolutely astounding that all of this is leading, mm -hmm. you know, to that, you know, grand and beautiful moment. Uh, and then the, the resurrection, you know, as the opening on the other end of the hope, the cross representing all the judgment and the resurrection, you know, all the hope, you know, that we have in Christ Jesus. I don't really have uh, anything else to say because I'm just but really. But there was a pause there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I truly don't. I'm kind of speechless just because I'm convicted. Um, I'm just thinking about that question, how then can we be saved? I'm thinking about the rich young ruler who asks that same question, doesn't he, of Jesus, how can I be saved? And the And no matter how hard I try, to strive um, and, and produce my own righteousness. I just can't. <laughs> and so I, I desperately need him. And um, I'm just so, it, it leads me to, conf to a place of repentance. Um, and it also just leads me to an overwhelming sense of his grace. So that's a good thing that God's doing that. It's probably, yeah. That's what you well, prayed for. <laughs> even with the Richard Ruler when he says, you know, okay, how can we be saved? And Jesus responds and then he turns to his disciples and tells them, you know, it's impossible, mm -hmm. you know, for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. And they say, well, what, how in the world can anybody be saved? And yeah. Jesus says, you know, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Only through, you know, the... Uh Return of the King and the suffering servant mm -hmm. and the uh, restoration of you know, of God's people through God's amazing mercy and and, and His love. You know, mm -hmm. can, can you know can we be saved? And uh, 
obviously, you know, he says in verse 7 that there's no one who calls or name or strives to lay hold of you. And, of course, that's what his righteousness calls us to, is to look to him and mm-hmm. call in the name of the Lord to be saved. And, of course, uh, because of who he is, to continue to lay hold of him and, mm-hmm. and pursue him. Katie, why don't you close us yeah. with the word of prayer? Father, we confess to you that so often we... Um, we have not strived to lay hold of you. We we don't want to call on your name because we, uh, for one reason or another, maybe we think that um, you aren't going to come through for us the way we want. We Maybe we've forgotten you and we've replaced you with so many other things. We want to be kings and queens of our own um, kingdoms. Um, and Father, I just thank you so much for your grace that that you have given us to even bring us to a place where we can confess these things to you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for showing us your love for us in Christ Jesus, that we can be saved because of what he's done on our behalf, Um, not because of anything that we could do, because we have seen time and time again in your word, um, in history, that we cannot achieve our own righteousness, but you have achieved it for us. And we thank you for that. We praise you for that. Would we walk in the grace that you have given us so freely um, in Christ? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.